guys, and welcome to Goodversations, a collection of honest, deep dive conversations with talented voices in the theatre industry. My name is Alexandra, and I'm joined today by Steph Parry. With lots of incredible musical theatre credits to her name, such as Dorothy Brock in 42nd Street, Donna in Mamma Mia, and Mrs. Wilkinson in Billy Elliot, Steph has a fantastic theatre resume, and it was really wonderful to sit down with her at the O2, where she is currently performing in Mamma Mia! The Party. We talked all about her experiences in this industry, including her many Mamma Mia! connections, always trying to follow her instincts, and of course, the time she saved the day at Mamma Mia! while being a standby in 42nd Street. Be sure to follow Steph on Instagram at thatsteffparry and follow Goodversations for more episodes of this show. Here's my conversation with the lovely Steph Parry. Steph Parry, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. Um, you know, I'm so excited to be sitting down with you here at the O2 because mm-hmm. you are performing in Mummy of the Party. I am. Um, and I have to tell you, this show was the most fun I've had in a long time. So how good of a time are you having here? I mean, it's great. It's like, I mean, it's very hard to not have fun when you get to sing other songs for a living. The thing that I love about this job is is how up close and personal people are with you and you get to see the, just the sheer joy on their faces. And I think that's, that's the best thing for me. And that's what I really brings the fun element of this job for me. I cannot wait to talk to you all about your Mamma Mia connections because mm-hmm. there are multiple. Yes. <laughs> but first, I want to put 60 seconds on the clock. Right. And I'd love for you to tell me your life story okay. in one minute with as much detail as you possibly can. And go. So my name's Steph Parry. I was born in Hollyhead in Anglesey in North Wales. Um, my mum and dad are called Isabel and Trevor. I went to school, obviously, like as most kids do. Um, didn't do. I did quite a bit of singing and stuff as a kid, a little bit of dancing and uh, a bit of acting. Then when I was 18, I got a job for Warner Holidays as, as resident entertainer uh, in Nottinghamshire, and I did that. And then I got um, a place... Uh, arts ed so I went there for three years then after that I struggled quite a lot um, to get work um, so I worked for myself quite a lot I put myself up for lots of different jobs and did lots and lots of different things did a Shakespeare play a couple of Shakespeare plays actually um, I did lots of short films and then eventually about seven years later I got my first West End job which was Billy Elliot oh before that I did a cruise um, and then from Billy I went into Mamma Mia and then I went into Wicked um, and then I did Mamma Mia on a cruise ship and then I was in 42nd Street and then I saved the West End <laughs> and, then, and then I'm in Mamma Mia the party and that's where I am now Perfect. That was amazing. Like, you literally run through everything. Well done. So, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, that's the whole thing. Bye, guys. Um, So, let's jump into it, I guess. How and when did you first start believing in your own performing abilities and talent? I think that's that's a daily struggle, and I think that's a daily struggle for most actors, to be honest with you. I never used to think that I could do this as a job. Yeah, I'd see, like, other people, and I'd think, you know, I'd go to down to London um, from about the age of 10 got a musical theatre ticket for Christmas and we'd go to London as a family and watch a musical and I'd see the shiny people on stage and think that that's what that's what they did and that little old Steph Parry from North Wales would never be able to do that it was only when I was um, one day I'd taken a job I'd done my A-levels and I'd taken a job as a doctor's receptionist and I just suddenly had this feeling of this is wrong and, I, and I'm not 
doing what I'm meant to be doing and the next thing is I went home and I applied for drama school and that's how that all began. When did you first move to London? You mentioned the doctor's office. It was so just after my 19th birthday was when I moved to London and it was actually just after 9-11 and I remember my mum having a bit of a meltdown and being like, you're not moving to London, it's just not happening and I was like, I'm going. But then I remember going into London actually, the first week of living there um, and being like, wow, this is, this is new, this is big. What do you remember about your first professional theatre job? My first professional theatre job was Rosalind and As You Like It. It was an open air theatre company and we did a three-month tour of, like, it was like natural, um, National Trust at venues. So it was a lot of stately homes and castles. You know, I trained in musical theatre and I remember going, because I left early, so I left three months early because I got this job. And I remember going to see the principal and being like, I'll just let you know I've got a job and I'm going to be leaving. And he was like, well, what are you doing? And I said, I'm doing as you like it. And he was like, oh, well, what are you playing? And I was like, the lead. Um, and he was a bit like, oh, wow, great. That's and incredible. It, it was a great learning tool for me, I think, as well. Going and then suddenly just being in a, with a bunch of actors, you know, and yeah, and it was, it was great. It was, when I, th I think about it, and I think so fondly of that job, I got paid a thousand pounds for three months. <laughs> I don't know how I did it. So what do you remember about your first audition? I remember like Mamma Mia being one of my first auditions. Um, because I I didn't get an agent from drama school, um, so I had to work for myself. So I, it was for me, it was kind of a bit of like, okay, you haven't got an agent, so what do you do? And and I've spoken to quite a few. So I go into drama schools quite a lot, and, and one of the things that they worry about more than anything is, what if I don't get an agent? Because I think they associate with not getting an agent as then not being. They, they won't be successful. Yeah. It's like, well, if I don't, that's my first hurdle. Yeah. And if I don't get over that hurdle, then I'm, I'm not getting yeah, anywhere. I'm not yeah. going to get anywhere, yeah. So I think it was, it, was, it, it was my first challenge and it was like, okay, well, I'm going to get over this challenge. And, and I, there was, it doesn't exist now, but PCR was a thing back then where you just got the, this, these red pieces of paper and it just listed castings and you just wrote off to them yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And I also got a bit, I was a bit like, well, my mates are being seen for musicals. So I, so I remember I'd write off to to be seen for a musical and then I'd be really cheeky and ring. Ah. So I'd write off to it, I wouldn't hear anything back. And then I'd just ring them up and be like, did you get my letter? And I, I had balls back then. Yeah. I don't think I've got any now. <laughs> like, yeah, and I, I just wanted it so much that I was like, I just, these, are, these are just the uncomfortable things that I have to do. And I remember getting, remember getting a Mamma Mia audition and feeling like I'd literally won the world. Yeah, well done, but like, that's your first Mamma Mia connection, I guess. That is my first Mamma Mia, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But do you think the industry has changed at all since you started? And what do you think is like an important element now that perhaps wasn't before? Well, I think social media is a very important element now that didn't exist then. I've seen, I've seen some people who've used social media in a really clever way, like... Uh, I saw one recently, which was, um, I can't even remember what it was, but it was a guy who had been waiting to be seen for this particular role. And he kind of was like, I've seen, you know, I know exactly what this is. I know that I'm right for this character. And he just wrote this like really witty, clever thread on, tw on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And the people re reposted it. And the next thing is the casting director wrote like, send me an email and I'll see you. And you kind of go, you know, that's, that's a really different that's another tool that that I didn't have yeah. like back then and 
I used to try and think of ingenious ways of getting seen for things and did the awful thing of, oh, I remember, I'm sure I sent my showreel, I sent my showreel on DVD and I think I sent a tea bag and a packet of biscuits and was like, make yourself a cup of tea, have a biscuit and watch my showreel. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I, I cringe when I think about it. But you do... You that's do, original. I know it's not. I think, I'm sure there's other people that have done that, like... And I've heard, I've heard worse stories, so... But these are the things that... These are the stories, these are the things that you do that you can then pass on the information. So that's why I really like going into drama schools and chatting to people, because I'm like, guys, just please don't make the mistakes I did, because, you know, I was a try-hard, and I really wanted... And the more that I've learned that you don't have to do anything, it's just about being able to be you and show who you are, not this weird warped thing of what you think they want you know you've been part of so many great projects you know billy elliott wicked mamma mia to name a few um so is there one that really stands out to you i think well, billy i think billy is because it was my first west end job as well and it's so i think it meant so much to me but also oh that show is incredible it's i think it's i i always say this i say the west end is a much sadder place without it it was like such an uplifting inspirational story that I feel like so many people can relate to and I guess a lot of your career actually has been on the West End and I feel like people have lots of different ideas about you know what being on the West End would be mm. like so is there anything that's been surprising to you about you know being a leading lady or being on the West End when you when you dream about it when you, you know when you're younger and you think about it and it's it's a lot more glamorous than what it actually is. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's it, it's amazing. And 2018, when I got to play Dorothy Brock in 42nd Street and I got to be in that number one dressing room in the Drury Lane Theatre, and it is like, it's bigger than a, you know, it's bigger than my first flat that I, <laughs> I had. Um, and that was, you know, really special. But it's still eight shows a week. It's still coming in, you know, even when you're a bit tired or whatever, you're still out there and you're still doing a show. And, and I, that's why I feel like, again, when I talk to students and they're all they're focused on is West End, West End, and you kind of like, you you know, there's so much more out there and it's it should be less about the rewards. But I also understand because I was exactly the same and I was like, I have to get into the West End. It's like, it's what I want to do. Like, and now that I've done it, and I'm, I, now that I'm a bit more like, I just want to work. I just want to work. I just want to do good, fulfilling work. And that's that's what I care about. But actually, that's something I really love about you, that it feels like you've tried everything <laughs> so far. You've been a swing. You've been an understudy, a standby, a leading lady. You've done solo concerts. You've done commercials. You've done everything. Yeah. Do you know what I, I haven't done yet, though? Yeah. Telly. Oh. Yeah. But I guess in your opinion, what are some of the skills, you know, that a person should have or should be thinking of developing if they wanted to go into this business? Oh, that's that's something for me, for me and it's something I feel quite passionate about is that is we can't control much as actors. Like we can't control how many auditions we get a week or whatever, you know, that's that's always in somebody else's hand. But what we can control is like Will Smith has this saying about how he's you know, he's ready before he needs to be. So that's what that's what we have to do. It's about having if you're in musical theatre, it's about having singing lessons, you know, to make sure that your voice is is you know, is, has got the stamina for eight shows a week. If you're a dancer, which I am not, then, you know, dance classes and things like that, which I do not go to. Um, <laughs> and and also, you know, making sure that you're fit and healthy and, you know, not just 
being oh, I'm out of work and I'm just gonna slob on the sofa and, and eat a load of crap because I feel bad about myself. So I guess what are some of the ways how you keep yourself motivated? Um, I, I, the, the gym is a huge thing for me. I'm a bit of a CrossFit nerd. I read a lot, listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, it's become my, um, I've got a little bit of a routine now. I listened to a really good Lady Gaga one last week. What's like the most recent thing that you've picked up from a podcast, like a realization? Right, so Cynthia Revo said something and she said, people aren't, oh, I don't I'm, I'm misquoting her probably, but. Paraphrasing, but yes. Yeah, but people are scared to dream too big. And she was like, I wasn't willing to do that. And you look at this girl who's from, from South London, I think she's from. Yeah. You know, she started in musical theatre. She's singing at the Oscars where she's nominated. I don't know her, I, I didn't ever work with her, but you know, I've got so many mutual friends who worked with her, so you think she's not that far away from any of us in, you know, in, in London. Yeah, why are we playing so small? Like, play big. Talk about big dreams. Well, talk about big projects like oh, Mamma no, Mia. Yeah. Um, so, because you've been in this, I guess, ABBA universe for <laughs> quite some time now, mm-hmm. um, just in different locations and settings, um, I guess I'd love for you to talk to me a little bit about your Mamma Mia journey yeah. and the different iterations of it that you've okay. been part of. I first did Mamma Mia in 2013 uh, in London. I was first cover Tanya, second cover Donna, third cover Rosie. And I did it there for a year. And then I was asked to go and cover on the tour. So 2017, I spent on the Allure of the Seas playing Donna. Mm-hmm. I'd just got married about right. six months previously and I'd spoken to my husband and I was like this I don't know there's something that's like pulling me to this job and I'm really interested and he was just like we'll just go for it and see what happens and then I kind of went for it and saw what happens and then got the job but it was great and I had the best time um, and my husband was okay because he got quite a few Caribbean holidays out of it so he's alright <laughs> and then I got a phone call asking me to go and cover again on the tour. A few weeks later, I got a phone call asking me to help out with the auditions. They just needed somebody to sit, because they had a lot of sickness then in London. They needed they needed somebody who could be a dynamo to just read in for the auditions as yeah. Tanya. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And then I started rehearsals for 42nd Street in February. It was the first day, first day of 42nd Street rehearsals. Um, I got a phone call that evening from my agent and he said uh, okay we've had Mamma Mia on the phone um, they have had to cancel the show tonight because of sickness and they're wondering if you can go in tomorrow and play Donna when I, when I went to the building they weren't sure if I was going on that night and then they were like no we need you so I went on that night and then I was still in 42nd Street rehearsals yeah. and then I was standing by then in the evening and then yeah. I ended up doing the two on Saturday as well and so that was February and I thought that was that. Thank you very much. I'm not going into 42nd Street. Yeah. So then... And then the big thing happened. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love for you to actually share that story. And I know you've spoken about mm. it before, but I feel like it's so extraordinary. Mm. And I think it's safe to say it doesn't happen very often. So, um, yeah, if you could just talk to us about that crazy experience. I'd just got back from holiday. I was standby in 42nd Street, which means that if I'm not on, if I wasn't on, then I was sat in a dressing room. So I sat in the dressing room and it was five past eight. Um, so Mamma Mia starts at quarter to eight and I just got a phone call. Um, and it was my company manager. Well, first of all, he was checking if I was in the building because 
I he wasn't sure if I was back from holiday because he hadn't seen me because obviously it's a very big cast I said yes I'm here and he was like okay cool because we've just had a phone call from Mamma Mia um, not sure what's going on but I will uh, get back to you now I know you're here yeah. but I was just sat there thinking like I hope something really exciting is about to happen because that would be really like really fun and I just remember sitting there being like if he phones me back now and says no don't worry about it I'll be really gutted I'll be really like you wanted that action yeah, now yeah they hooked you in yeah, yeah. Um, and anyway, they phoned back and just said, yeah, we, we need you. And can you, don't worry about anything. Like, just, just get yourself down there. I'll, I'll sort everything out with the company. Like, just go. So I ran down the road and, <laughs> and uh, got to stage door. And then the general manager was there. And he just was like, can you go on and play Donna now? And I just was like, yeah, I think so. All within like 20 minutes? Probably. The show stopped for 18 minutes. Okay. That's all it stopped for. Wow. So that, that, in, in that whole 18 minutes was them deciding she can't do this anymore. Like, yeah. she's she torn her calf muscle right. on stage. But it was, you know, it was so much... When I think about how easily Alan, the company manager at 42nd Street, said, absolutely, have her. Like, didn't say anything of... It was it was a really wonderful moment of the West End working together, yeah. um, and helping another show out and just being like, well, yeah, she's, of course, of course, let's let let's make sure your show can still happen. Um, but also kudos to you because you had a good reputation as well as mm. the talent and knowledge of the role. And I remember for a week or two you were all across like all oh. the media outlets and everything. So I was so that must have been famous crazy. for a week. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that must have been crazy, you know. It was. Now to have press coming it to was, you for it was a mad. Call. It was absolutely yeah. mental. If I, I, I used to think about this is what JLo feels like. <laughs> yeah. And was it easy? I guess did it all? Was it all like muscle memory in a way? The the script and everything. Oh yeah, the script and the songs just. They were just there, and it, it, I had a. I remember standing in the wings and thinking, "I don't know if I can do this," um, and then I just had to like. I just had to like really catch that thought and be like, "No, you, I can't go down that road," and and I mentally just made this like pact that I was going to trust myself. I couldn't run the whole show, the lines of the whole of course, show yeah. before it happened. I had to just go, you know this, you've got this, just get out there and just do it. But fast forward to now, you're back here yeah. singing these amazing Abba tunes every huh. night. Um, and I guess, how is Mamma Mia the party yeah. similar to Mamma Mia yeah. that we all know and love and how is it different? It's similar in that it's like most of the same songs but sung by different people. It's the same kind of feel-good, fun, party, you know, vibe to it. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that comes from the songs and a lot of that comes from the stories that, you know, that the lyrics bring of the other songs. So that's probably what's the same. And then what's different is the, is the lack of the fourth wall, the lack of, you know, in Mamma Mia, you sit there and you're watching a show. But, I mean, I remember going to see Mamma Mia and my friend was playing Sophie and I had a woman next to me who sang the entire slipping through my fingers completely out of tune I just sat there and I just wanted to just wanted to watch her and be proud and cry at the fact that she was playing Sophie and this woman just ruined it for me and I just wanted to be like <laughs> shut up you can't sing you know and, and that's the thing because you're yeah. just watching a show and you're and but with this with Mummy mm. at the party you know you're encouraged to sing along yes. you're encouraged to join in and you know, there's moments in it where you're encouraged to get on your feet and dance and you know we'll dance with you and and that's 
and that's the difference of it we talk to the audience mm-hmm. and you know it, it's some of it's improvised and and that's where it's comp- that's where it's different, and also the storyline's completely different yeah. as well. A lot of people come to the show thinking that they're going to just be gonna see, Mama yeah, yeah. Mamma Mia. But the only thing, the only reference to Mamma Mia is the fact that my character Kate worked on the show. But actually, speaking about audience interaction, how how is that night from night? Because you guys do a lot of it, and you know it yeah. must be very. You can get all sorts of reactions. Oh yeah, yeah. It it, it, it honestly depends. Sometimes. You know, it makes my life a lot easier when they're up for it. I had a, you know, a lady where I went to ask her her name and she just turned her back to me. And so it's just being, I think it's being mindful to different people's personalities. Yeah, and that's actually one of the things when I was, before I went, I wanted to just read a few reviews and, you know, <coughs> yeah. get the feel of what it was going to be like. And one of the people on Facebook said, she said she had seen the show, she had anxiety as well and all mm. that stuff. So she was like, she really appreciated the fact that she came in, she talked to the waiters before, mm. the, before the show and they explained exactly what was going to happen, right. who was going to go where, yeah. and like, if you didn't want to do it, just like you know just like let them know like signal to them like give them a look that you don't really perhaps want to do it and they won't touch you like and she really highlighted how safe she felt because of all this kind of care that you Mm. guys take to make people feel welcome so i feel like that's such a nice element to this show that that's been very well thought out let's switch things up a little bit this season on the podcast we're going to ask our lovely guest to draw a little piece of paper out of a bowl at random that's going to have a topic on it and i have a bunch of talking points to to these topics but would you like to pick one now and we'll go from there risk taking oh i love this one is there anything you have always dreamed of doing but just were afraid to try I think the first thing that's come to my head is jumping out of a plane, yeah. But would you like to do it? I think so. I think, I mean, I, 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 don't, I feel like I don't know if I want to do it enough <laughs> to take that risk. Yeah. I'm quite good, I think. I'm quite good at, at taking risks. I'm quite good at the whole jump and the net will appear. Amazing. And actually, tying with that, what have you accomplished in the past that you thought was impossible at the time? What have I accomplished that seemed impossible at the time? I think a lot of the time you... It's auditions and things, and it's that, you know, where, say, 10, 10 years ago, where I was and how it is now, and you just go, what was once a huge challenge is today's warm-up. Yes, like, so, I love that. And yes. it's, it is things like that, and that's the thing. I think it's constantly just checking in and being like, oh, yeah, look at the work you did, and look how you've improved and grown. Well done. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. But is there anything that still kind of scares you, either professionally or personally? Oh, okay, I'm going to say it. Uh, I'm at the age of, you know, being a mum, mm-hmm. which hasn't happened yet. And it's, I think, I feel like a lot of people around my age would be, will be able to relate to this, of um, when you're quite career orientated and then there's there's also that side of things and it's mm-hmm. it's it's the scary thing of how how do you, how do, you do the two people yeah. do the two but it's still yes. for me something very scary fair enough yeah. um so maybe i'll listen to this in like you know a year or two and be like yeah. it's fine you'll reflect back as yeah, you just exactly. <laughs> great and and i guess as an actor do you have to be a risk taker i think so um i yeah I for me, I think you do. I think if you play it safe, then you'll never 
you know, I feel like, you know, if we're talking about going back to Cynthia Erivo, mm-hmm. I don't think she played it safe. And I think that's how people get some get to where they get to. Um, and I think also in an audition, you know, you could go in and you could be like, I've got this really good idea of what I think this scene is. Like, I've got, you know, your creativity comes in and you think, oh, that's exactly what I feel like this would, you know, what would be, like, a really fun way of playing the scene. And you go, oh, but they might not like it, so I'm yeah. just going to play it safe. I'm just going to do it how yeah. I think they want it to be done. But if you take a risk, maybe it might not work. Maybe it would literally be like, oh, that was awful. That was an awful choice. But they might go... Wow, that was a really clever choice, and that's and that's the thing is there is a lot of failure. I'm mm. doing um, quote, quotation marks as I say failure. Um, in you know people view it as that, but actually it's just lessons. Like that's yeah. the thing is I think we've all got instincts and actors especially like you've got to follow your instincts because if you have an instinct to do something and you don't do it, you can, people could just see it's like oh something wasn't quite right there. Yeah. It's because they didn't follow their instincts. Boom. Follow your gut, people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I guess, and I think it's a myth as well that you have to be super confident and super bold to, to take a risk mm. because you can take calculated risks. Mm-hmm. You can kind of, you know, you can have a plan. You don't always have to be just yeah. like boss of the wall, you know, creative explosion. You have to yeah. see what works for you, even in risk taking. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I'm, you just said that then and I'm remembering some video that I think I've seen of somebody, you know, making a strong choice and they're throwing themselves against the wall and you kind of go, it's not necessarily about that. It's about yeah. having the confidence to follow your, you know, to, I mean, I remember when I was in Billy Elliot and I had said that I would stay on and then I had this gut feeling that mm-hmm. I, I'd made the wrong choice. And so, you know, it was an important time for me. It was my first West End job. I... I just got a mortgage and something was screaming at me saying, mm. no, you need to leave. And I, so I remember I remember saying, right, I'm leaving. And my mum and dad were like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> what are you doing? You've got a really good job. You've just got a mortgage. Um, and I was just like, no, something is telling me that I, my gut is telling me that I need to, you know, I need to take, I need to make the leap and I need to leave here. Um, and then I, I literally, I crossed over with Mamma Mia. And I guess, what is the most spontaneous thing that you've ever done? It's rather random, but when um, when I was 19, I went to Mallorca. <laughs> <laughs> and I like met a guy in Mallorca and I ended up going, like flew home and then I ended up booking a flight to go back out and see him. Um, oh wow! Yeah, a few days later, it's not the love story that you it's like. Not it's, not, okay. it's not the ending that you want. <laughs> it literally was there for a few days and went. What am I doing here? This is the worst decision I've ever made. I presume yeah. that's not your husband. No, <laughs> okay. not my husband. That was a pretty spontaneous thing yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, I'm a bit. I'm not the most spontaneous of people. Yeah. I'm a bit of a thinker. Apart from when things like that, when I get an instinct of like mm-hmm. I need to leave, you know, I'm leaving. And when I was working at the doctor's doctor's receptionist and was like, I need to phone up and get a prospectus. You know, yeah. there's sometimes in my life where I've just gone, I need to just follow this. Yeah. And but the the Mallorca thing wasn't that. <laughs> that was. Youth. Don't know what that was. That was youth. That was yeah. That was watching too many rom coms and thinking this is it. This is it. But hey, it makes for a good story, right? It does. Yeah. Um, 
But hey, another thing, um, you're also a very talented singer. And, you know, you had your solo concert at the other palace, mm-hmm. actually this week, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, but I think, how does it feel to be on stage as your own self, as opposed to playing a yeah. character? How is it? I love you? it. I am absolutely petrified of it. And every fibre of my being wants to run away. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> I don't even know if the story is true, but there's that story about the woman in the mousetrap who, she was an understudy for, for years and she'd never been on. And suddenly she was thrown on and she went to go and get her makeup bag from the car and then just left and never <laughs> came back. And I always think that all I ever want to do, whenever I have a solo concert, I just want to go and get my makeup bag from the car. <laughs> like, um, and it is weird, like, how my body is just, just, is so, I'm so scared. I'm so, mm-hmm. like, nervous and I don't want to do this. And I have all these thoughts of why do I do this to myself? What am I doing? And then I walk out there and I start and then I just go... Oh, this is fun. Yeah. Talk <laughs> about risk taking. Yeah, that, that's a it's, huge risk. Yeah, and I guess because a, a big risk of mine is um, is that I write a lot of my own um, rewrites of songs, and they're very inappropriate. And I always think that a lot of people sometimes might be like, "Oh, Steph Parry, she's been oh, she's been in Forty Second Street. Oh, that'll be a lovely little show, won't it?" And they come watch my show and just go, "Oh, oh, my ears." Um, that just makes me want to go and see it more now. Yeah, well, it's I, that's the one thing is that mm. I think I love comedy mm-hmm. and I've always been a fan of stand-up and I've done a little bit of stand-up in my life. How did that um, go? Again, that was that was one of the scariest things I've ever done. Mm. Um, well, I did I did one gig where there was like thirty comics and um, it was just fi- a five-minute mm-hmm. thing and it was a competition and I came second. Yeah, that was my first gig, and so that was great. And then I did another gig where mm-hmm. there was about 10 people in the audience. They were all other comedians and nobody laughed. And I literally went, I'm not doing this again. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was like, great. Uh, complete opposite ends of the spectrum. And I'm, I kind of, I did a stand-up course because I wanted it to help my cabaret. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to yeah. be able to kind of, you know, write things that mm-hmm. can go in between or help me to write, you know, make a, funny a punchline or whatever right. and and that's what I like as I like to kind of go through my show and be like right there's a laugh there laugh there laugh there laugh there like you know so you mm-hmm. so I like to then and then market my show of like guys come and watch my show I promise you it's not gonna be boring it's gonna be funny like yeah. you're gonna laugh it's gonna be great um and that's the thing and and then when my show finishes I do get a lot it's a lot of like didn't expect you to be funny like and you just like oh cheers that's a nice discovery for them yeah (laughs) Yeah, but that's amazing um and lastly because you know some of the stuff that we put out on this podcast Uh actually have come true um okay i spoke with desi oakley a couple of months ago broadway's desi oakley yeah yeah and um i don't know if you know she's currently in course yeah yeah, i felt like everyone well somebody tagged me in a thing on twitter and was like running down the road is so last year like and so flying over the ocean is like 2020 and I was yeah. like yes is Desi Oakley new? wins yes but I spoke with her a couple of months ago and she had never been to London before wow. and I was like oh you should come or whatever and we were talking about the theatre scene here she was like wouldn't it be amazing like if I got to do Waitress you know which she did on tour but obviously she hadn't done it here uh, so she was like oh I would just love that opportunity but because everything was planned out obviously Lucy Jones and then yeah. Gary Osar, so she was like I'm not going to have that opportunity but that would be great to make my West End debut like she was like oh I wish a month later she's on the West End performing in Waitress like and that's cool I guess 
is there something like a bucket list thing or experience for 2020 that you know we can put out in the universe mm. right now and hope it will come true? Wouldn't it be amazing if I got to play a really good role in a meaty drama? I, I, I want to like the like Line of Duty. Mm-hmm. I would love to be like a police officer. I'm dying to play a police officer in like in a, in a police crime drama. Yeah and arrest somebody like but I'd love to you know I look at somebody like Saran Jones and I'm like mm-hmm. that I want to do those kind of things I'm sitting here talking about how much I do I write comedy and then I'm like I want to do drama and I get to arrest somebody but yeah, yeah I think that's the thing with me is I just I and it drives my agent mental because I want to do it all mm-hmm. like I want I, telly is something that I'm really kind of focused on mm-hmm. um, but there are good few musicals that I'd like to do. I'd love to do Dear and Hanson and Jamie. Everybody's talking about Jamie. Like they're definitely ones that I'm like love to do them. I can see you in both of them. You would be great. Yeah, it's you know just. But I feel like <laughs> yeah. I kind of know what my what my thing is yes. and what it is that I would like like to do. But yeah, so I'm again. It's it's the work. It's like it's work that inspires me. Well, we put it out the universe is, right yeah, now. Well, I've literally. I, I mean, I've not been very specific, have I? So uh, <laughs> the universe is like, what? What do you want? <laughs> but hey, you never know. Might happen. Yeah. All right. Let's do a lightning round before I let you go. Okay. So if you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? Caveman would be fun. Um, okay, you're gonna hit me for the next one. Mm. Comedy or drama? Oh no, TV drama and stand-up comedy. What takes up too much of your time? Ugh, social media. Book recommendation? Ooh, um, The Four Agreements. It's a really good book. Amazing. And most importantly, if your life was a movie, what would be the theme song? Ooh, it would probably be Mamma Mia, wouldn't it? Let's be honest. (laughs) If my life was a movie, it would be Mamma Mia. Yeah. Here we go again. Here we go. (laughs) It would be Mamma Mia. Here we go again (laughs) (laughs) well on that note thank you so much Steph thank you so much thanks for having me you guys so much for listening this week if you enjoyed this episode it would just take 10 seconds of your time to screenshot it and post it to your instagram stories because in this way more people will be able to find this conversation and to hear steph's thoughts on the industry i hope you guys have a great week wherever you are stay safe everyone and i'll talk to you again on monday